0: Hello and welcome along to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm
1: Di Foster.
0: And today on the show, we're going to be talking about... Uh, The difference between investing overseas and in New Zealand, and of course, we are once again joined by Di Foster, who is an investor and executive leadership coach. And the reason this topic has come up is because when Di was looking at investing in in New Zealand property, uh, she also had the option of looking at and potentially investing in the British market. And we're going to talk about some of the reasons why she ended up uh, not doing that in the in the end. So, when were you actually looking at doing this, Di?
1: In the last year, the last 12 months.
0: Ah, interesting. Why post-Brexit? Because that would bring so much uncertainty into the market. So what made you look into it?
1: Well, friends of ours were doing it, and so we just started the conversation like you do when you start sort of, you know, having a bit of a, a chat about things. So a couple of friends of mine are doing it, and that was a big thing, Brexit, for me. I was just like... You know, whoa, and they were like, "No, no, it'll be over next month. It'll be over next month." And I'm like, "It's not over yet." <laughs> so um, that was a big thing for me—that uncertainty. But a couple of my friends were doing it and getting incredible yields, amazing yields.
0: What sort of when you're standing around the barbecue having a bit of a yarn about this, what sort of yields are they talking about?
1: Uh, on the flips, something in the vicinity of like thirty percent in a six to seven month period.
0: Amazing equity gains actually. Yeah, yeah. And and they were doing that themselves or they were using a company mm. to be able to do that?
1: They would they were more or less doing it themselves. They were, you know, contacting the different people to get it organized and, and all that sort of stuff. Which, you know, part of the process in looking at this is that it does take up quite a lot of their time and it has to be done at night when mm. They're awake and the time zone difference and all of that sort of thing was a factor as well.
0: So they're contacting building companies yep. and they're trying to, to, to acquire the land or the, or the properties and then do that as well. So they're getting amazing equity gains. And when you say yields, are you talking about rental yields as well over there?
1: Yeah, some of them were getting around the sort of 12% mark.
0: That is amazing for, for a standard property. I wonder whether that, uh, and I should look at some data to, to, to validate this, but I would imagine it's because the there is such a culture around renting in the UK uh, that, that that leads to a very strong rental market and and, and hence higher high rents.
1: A lot of the flips that I saw, or some of the flips that I saw, were unusual properties. Let's not, they were very unusual. You know, they were conversions just quite unusual things that I don't know that I would have felt entirely comfortable with.
0: okay so that, that, that speaks to a bit of risk as well uh, about those, those conversions and we often see when you do get when you do hear about high yields uh, or, or very high equity gains sometimes that is because uh, of some of these unusual properties. I mean, if I can just briefly go off on a tangent and and talk about uh, one of the properties that you've been um, in, involved with investing in for your father, if I can say this, where it's a a four bedroom property in Hamilton, uh, where, you, where it's a, a a rent by room. Yeah. You know, and I would usually say that's quite an un, unusual property because it's not. As you, as you would have said in the first episode we did together, um, a, a three bed, two bathroom, standalone house that you could see and understand.
1: And I think the difference with that to the, the ones that I saw in the UK was the, the one that um, in Hamilton that we've looked at, that's the four bedrooms that have got all their own en suites in, in a communal area, is that they are built for purpose. They are right beside the right area for the right reasons and, and they're so understandable and you, you get it. Some of the ones in the UK, I found it really difficult because I don't know the UK well and you know, they, they were very, they, they're, just, they're not of a standard that I was super comfortable with but that's just me and I think with investing, I think you have to work out what your personality is and be okay with that and I've worked out what sort of personality I am to invest with and I'm a little bit more low-risk, long-term gain.
0: And I wonder whether this comes back to, it's interesting because all of these themes all intermingle, but when you're t- you know, discussing that sort of thing, it almost comes back to what you said at a previous episode, that it's the difference between making property your main career and having it as a, a secondary source of income. And when it is... Just that secondary source of income. I wonder whether we do become uh, uh, slightly more conservative and and wanting it to be because we're not going to be there actively managing those risks. Almost,
1: I couldn't agree more, Ed. I absolutely agree with you. You're giving me that look. No. I was hoping. I <laughs> hope
0: that was a look of agreement.
1: No, I totally agree because I don't wake up in the morning um, fizzing about about property I'm getting I'm getting a lot more interested in I read a lot more about it but my actual career is something else you know so I don't wake up and you know check the share market or check to see what house prices are doing each day I've got a life that I do other things in so I think you're absolutely correct when it's you know I have a career and then I have a business and our business is has got to do with my property investment because that's where we're some of our long-term wealth hopefully will come from, but my career is something different. So in my case, no, they're not the same thing. So couldn't agree with you more.
0: And in terms of some of the other things that that we were talking off air about, you know, what what why else did you um in, invest in in the UK? I know there were some other complications.
1: It seemed quite difficult to get a bank account in the UK. It, um, everyone I know that had done it had been over there and and done it physically themselves. They are not a From my observation, they weren't particularly progressive in some of their banking methods. Um, So that seemed to be a bit of a problem. And then actually extracting the money out didn't seem to be guaranteed or the easiest thing in the world. And yeah, there.
0: I can imagine. Well, that's <laughs> the biggest thing as well, is being able to pull that money back out. And that's important, not just for the long term, when you're wanting to access that money for retirement, but also, for instance, if that property was going up in value, and you wanted to, to pull some of that equity out so you could buy another property in New Zealand, if, if, if there's not a clear pathway to getting that money out, you know, really what the ideal situation is, you'd want to refinance that property, increase the mortgage on it if it's gone up in value, pull that money back to New Zealand, buy another
1: And I think that that is easy enough to do within the UK but it seemed to me that it was very difficult to, or there could be issues with doing it as you said in buying something else in New Zealand and I'm not saying that any of these things are insurmountable and I'm certainly not saying that the yields and the the capital growth that we've talked about were, were standard and of course you only quite often hear about the really good things that people get right you don't often hear about the really difficult things so I just had to weigh it up and decide what I was comfortable with. And to me, there was just too many red flags.
0: And it definitely comes back to, um, again, what, what we said in the last one, is that there's no necessarily right or wrong answer. It's what the right answer is for you. And in this case, it was to... Keep investing in New Zealand, um, and seeing and 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 having confidence in that property market. For for myself, I kind of look at some of these um, the, the happenings in the UK. You know, like being quite anti-immigration um, and and wanting to leave the common market, and seeing, well, that's going to have an effect on the British population. And if that if if uh, the British population is going to rely less on positive net migration, more and more people joining, um, you know moving into the country, that means they're only going to be relying or going to be more reliant on uh, the British population to uh, having lots of babies, basically, to keep yeah. that population up and producing future homeowners, then that somewhat limits the population and limits the number of house, houses you'll need um, and and therefore would be slightly negative for the property market. And so I kind of see these factors as well, and that would make me a little bit nervous, whereas New Zealand, even though uh, the gov- current government has... has the mandate um, to 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 somewhat limit that positive net migration, uh, we still have a, a booming population, particularly in Auckland.
1: And I think the other part of it is what you brought up at the very beginning: is dare we say it, but Brexit is I did a lot of reading about Brexit and it scared the bejesus out of me <laughs> because, <laughs> and I just, and it isn't even close to coming to fruition yet. Or And from my reading, you'll have a much better understanding of this than me, Ed, is that I just couldn't get anybody to agree on it. You know, like the varying things of tragedy to it's going to be fantastic were so wide and varied, you just ended up scratching your head thinking, good grief, I don't think anyone knows what's going to happen.
0: I think they probably still don't. But what that also comes back to, just coming back to um, which, which, you know, what strategy is right for you, it also changes based on your time horizon. So if your friends are, are, you know, are flipping properties and they can do that within six or seven months, then what happens with Brexit is, is less of a concern. You know the reason being that you can still play off today's market and it may not be like that mu- likely to change that much over the next six or seven months you know but if you're looking 10 20 years in the future thinking about well I, I'm now worrying about population trends yes. you know then um, it, it's it's a different game game and you're looking at different factors.
1: Absolutely. And again, it comes back to what you said before about we've all got different personalities and what's right for some people is, you know, and it's about being okay with what's right for you and your personality as an investor, I believe.
0: We're going to have to start, have like a a money personality quiz (laughs) or something. I think that'd be fascinating, but let's wrap it up there. Uh, And of course, please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to this podcast. It really does help Uh, more people find out about the show. Uh, And hey, one thing you could potentially do is while you're at the water cooler around uh, around at at work, you know, why not have a bit of a chat with the person at the water cooler about the podcast, maybe give it a bit bit of a recommendation, we'd really appreciate that. Um, Now, of course, if you want to learn more about property, we have a 16,000 word guide uh, on the Opus Partners website about property investment. Andrew and I wrote almost everything we knew about property uh, on there, and it's a really in-depth guide about about how to get started. That's Called the EPIC Guide to Property Investment, So you can go to opespartners.co.nz op- to get started there. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McNight, And I'm Di Foster. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily insights, strategies, and tactics to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time.